Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. Another great episode today. Zooming in from beautiful New Hampshire, we've got Jeremy Beeland, who is a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur. My goodness, this gentleman and his wife have done, I think, over, if I recall, over 700 transactions since getting started in real estate in um, 2017. Does a lot of wholesale deals, has gotten very, very good at finding motivated sellers, and when he needs it, coming up with the capital to do his deals as well. So, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm really excited to be here today. So, Jeremy, I was looking over the information you sent in ahead of time when you uh, filled it out to, to be on the show. You've got a really cool backstory about how you got into real estate in the first place and then just kind of jumping all in. So give us kind of the 30,000-foot perspective of what got you into this crazy world. Yeah, happy, happy to do so. I just want to make one correction. We haven't done 700 transactions as much as I wish we had. We're around, we're, we're over 350 approaching 400. So there you so go. I miss, I misread so that. My mistake. Thank you for correcting me. That's <laughs> yeah, still pretty darn sure. good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We're definitely really proud of it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah so, you know, I, I started my business at 40 years old. I was in my late 30s. You know, I've gone through many hard times in my, my personal life leading up to when I was 40. You know, I was, um, somebody who experienced um, the bad side of the great uh, market recession here in 2008 to 2010, lost my job, lost my house, all that stuff. Um, story for a different day. But, you know, as I was getting older and uh, rebuilt myself from that time, you know, I had a pretty good six-figure sales position. Uh, but, you know, as I was getting older, I just realized that as I was getting older, people my age were become an expendable in corporate America. You know, people that have given their career to certain um, jobs or certain companies were finding themselves without work. And mm -hmm. I just started to feel like that mortality as I was starting to get older about what does my future look like and is it safe? And as I went through that, losing everything before, it just wasn't finding it. So, you know, I started really trying to explore real estate investing, which was something I was really excited that I knew I wanted to do. Just didn't know what niche I was going to do. You know, I was looking into flipping, looking into wholesaling, looking into uh, rental properties, all of it. And then eventually I came across uh, a podcast, much like your own, that was uh, about wholesaling and um, that they offered a coaching program. So at that time, I was a um, divorced dad with two young kids. Um, I ended up selling my townhouse that I owned at the time, just bought it like two years earlier and I uh, didn't have much profit in it, but had a little because I had no money at that time, which really living paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, I, I sold it, you know, I made like $15,000, paid off a little bit of credit card debt. And then I took $11,000 and I started my business. I took 6,000 to do my initial marketing, um, start up my LLC, get my contracts, $5,000 for the coaching program. And I was off and running in January, 2017. Uh, we started the business. I took my family, we moved into a tiny little apartment and not such a great apartment complex. Uh, I burned the boats as they said. And I, I started the business working at full-time alongside my full-time job. And um, you know, by the end of that first year, my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time quit her job and she came on full-time. Since then, you know, we've gone on to build a, you know, a team. We've opened up in different markets, some with success, some with some failures. But now we have this just awesome, incredible team that drives the whole thing. But in the beginning, you know, it was just me and my wife taking that initiative and taking that risk. Cool. Jeremy, that is awesome. I yeah, you definitely burned the boats. I admire that, man. Selling the, selling the family home 
moving the the kids into a crappy little apartment. I'm sure that didn't go over very well, but you know, <laughs> do, doing that to to make the dream happen. Tip my hat yeah. to you. Yeah, you know, I was it was really I, I I had no choice at that point in my head, right? So I just like I have to make this work. And I found an opportunity and, you know, and I burned the candle on both ends for three years until I could finally leave my full-time job. At least I had the courage to leave my full-time job. And, um, you know, it was really hard. We worked, you know, 24 seven, well, not 24 seven, but 356, you know, it's going on appointments and nights and weekends, whatever it took uh, while trying to make sure that I spent time with my my family and my kids because they were really young. Um, But I was 40, you know, I wanted something bigger. I didn't see anything down the road. My 401k wasn't going to cut it. My, my sales job wasn't going to cut it. I needed a better future. And this was my opportunity. So I did whatever it took to make it happen. All right. So you, you got started in wholesaling for, I think most people here know what that is, but why don't you give us your definition? What does wholesaling mean to you? Yeah, really, wholesaling is just the art of finding uh, off-market discounted properties and assigning the purchase of sales contract for that property to an end buyer. So, you know, just to make it even more simple, you know, when you get a property that is, we try to identify distressed properties, we put that property under contract with the purchase of sales agreement at a discounted price. We then assign the rights to that uh, purchase sales agreement to another buyer for a fee who will then close on that property for whatever uh, exit result, uh, exit strategy they have, whether they want to flip it or keep it as a rental, that's up to them to decide. So if we put a property under contract for hundred thousand, we sell it to an investor and they buy it from us for 110, we keep that 10,000 in between. All right. Very good. Is that what you're primarily still doing or are you starting to do some buy and hold stuff yourself? What, what does your business look like these days, Jeremy? Yeah. So we've kind of morphed into more of just an off pop, off market property acquisition company. We have multiple exit strategies. We do keep properties these days, you know, the first few years, I couldn't afford to do that because I didn't need all the assignment uh, money coming in to help uh, fuel the business and everything else. And we flipped a few properties and we'll continue to flip. Uh, we started to scale at one point with flipping. Um, I, I won't, won't go down that road again. It's not for me. It's really hard to scale a flipping business. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot through that process. Yeah, too many moving now, pieces with that one, I think, huh? There is, there is. So now, you know, we, we get properties. We're a marketing machine. We get properties under contract direct to the seller. And we um, either assign those to a, um, an investor. But a lot of times, especially in the two markets we're in now, with New Hampshire, Mass, and Florida, uh, we we put those on the MLS and a lot of our buyers, uh, you know, probably 75, 80% of our buyers are retail buyers. Really? And, That's um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, inventory is really low. It's been like that for many, many years. Um, so a lot of, you know, uh, double closes, we take down a lot of properties, clean them out, put them right back on the market for wholesales. So, you know, wholesaling and double closes are a majority of what we do. All right. Very good. So what would you, again, for folks that aren't super familiar with this, you've defined what wholesaling is. What does wholetailing mean? Yeah. Wholetailing is basically what we do is we physically close on the property. So that contract that I was talking about with the seller, we execute it. We close on the property. And once it's, you know, we close on it's vacant, we'll go in, clean it, maybe do some minimal work. I mean, minimal, you know, maybe um, do a couple of little repairs or some paint, but a lot of times we just clean it professionally clean it, take some pitches, throw it on the MLS within a few days. And then, you know, we're under contract with a, you know, a retail buyer who has a traditional mortgage, which we can't 99.9% of the time assign to. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why, you know, we love the MLS. It just brings us a different bias. So sometimes we have to hold the property for 30, 45 days. We use private lending to help us with those transactions. Uh, but that's the majority of what we do. We get a better spread that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So maybe if you don't mind kind of comparing and contrasting, every property is different. Every deal is different. Sure. I get that. But what does a profit wise for you guys, what does a wholesale deal look like? And then compare that to what your average whole tail deal looks like for you. Yeah. Well, the two properties are usually very different. So a wholesale deal for us typically is a property that will um, not pass uh, the qualifications or inspections for a traditional loan. Right. So Joe, the home buyer or, you know, Jane Smith, the home buyer wants to go buy a property with a mortgage. This property isn't going to qualify. It just needs too much work. So (laughs) that's a cash perk purchase. So a lot of times we assign those, but a lot of times actually we put those on the MLS as well. Really? And we just sell those to a cash buying investor via the MLS rather than assigning. And we, we tend to get a better spread that way as well. Uh, a whole tail is more of a property that, you know, would qualify for, you know, the first time home buyer maybe needs a little, you know, love to get it going. Lipstick. Yeah, lipstick. Yep, yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe for that weekend, uh, warrior that wants to spend some time fixing up the house on the weekends, it, it applies for that, but it will qualify for, you know, VA loan, FHA loan, you know, conventional loan. Um, so those things work. So typically, you know, when we were before the MLS, which we brought in a few years ago um, to our exit strategy, we would probably get about eighteen dollars to $20,000 average per assignment, which is pretty solid. That's good. But, you know, our costs are still pretty high from a marketing perspective. We we average about um, thirty five thousand, uh, and we've done that now for three years using the MLS with the wholesale strategy and just the MLS. In and so, using the MLS, are you using a realtor for that or? Yeah, got- so we have somebody on our team that uh, came on. He works many hats for us. Uh, he's fantastic, Tucker. He's just a, a rock star like everybody else on our team. Uh, he, he works as our realtor, but also works as a project manager on some of our flips. He works as a project manager on getting the whole deals up and running. Um, you know, so and he, he's our disposition manager. So he handles all that aspect of uh, that side of things. And, uh, you know, we're, we're probably pushing, at least here in the New Hampshire and Massachusetts market, you know, 40, 50 properties a year through him. That's awesome. Well, that's a good that's a good gig for him and a good way for you to get those profit, those properties pushed out very, very quickly. So been a a great relationship. (laughs) So you've really dialed in the whole exit strategy. I like that, you know, instead of uh, everything I've ever heard of with wholesaling before typically is wholesaling the deals to flippers, pretty slow, slim margins there because they need to make a buck and they got a lot on the, on the line as well. So yeah, that's really, really smart switching over to wholesaling doing it with the MLS to uh, to whoever wants to buy it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not applicable in all markets. You know, we were in Western New York for a long time and we tried using the MLS and we didn't have great success with this. So we use, you know, we did over a hundred uh, property transactions in a couple of years that we worked up there, but we did true traditional signing to end buyers up there. Uh, so every market, every state's a little different. You really have to check your laws to see what works. Uh, fortunately now for us, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Florida, where we do business in now, uh, we can use the MLS and we put, you know, unless the seller tells us they don't want to have us marketed on the MLS, we put everything on the MLS. Now we market the property, not the contract. You know, you got to be very careful with that as well. Um, 
they're basically just for a double close. And, you know, we get a lot of people that say, I want that house. We close on it, immediately resell it. So you become a lead generation machine when it comes to finding motivated sellers. Right. What's working well for you guys these days, Jeremy? What's what's your bread and it butter marketing strategy? Marketing is always uh, the most complicated thing that I deal with on a regular basis. It's is constantly it? changing, evolving. You know, um, you know, mailing direct mail has really always been our bread and butter. Uh, it's been a staple uh, backbone for us for many, many years. We've seen it kind of diminish in the last couple really? of years a little bit, but we still use it. You know, there was a few years ago that SMS was hot. It was my biggest ROI on all my marketing channels. It's it's a dying dinosaur, it seems, these days for us. Um, but, you know, so you us, mean text messages, right? That's what you're talking right, about. There. Yes, text messaging. Yeah, there's just so many, um, you know, smartphones now and then regulations. And I think it's going to get more and more difficult to be successful with that. Um um, so, but, you know, we do cold calling, we do direct mail, we, we pay for leads um, through lead generation companies, online generation leads. We also do PPC, SEO, social media marketing ourselves. That is probably our best uh, lead generator over the last three years. The online stuff, the SEO and PPC, PPC and all that stuff. And social media marketing. Yeah, we spend a lot of, a lot of money and effort on that aspect. Cool. So like Facebook ads, that kind of thing. Is that working? Yeah, well Facebook, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, we've gotten deals through it all over the years. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of, um, you know, a lot of content building ourselves. Our team does. That seems to bring in a lot of organic deals for us as well, too. Cool. So basically, it's kind of like the I buy houses type situation type marketing yep. that you're putting up online yep. and just targeting specific zip codes or specific areas, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Certain. Uh, yeah, territories that we really identify that work really well for us. And, you know, a lot of those people tend to be looking to sell the house, whereas, you know, cold calling, direct mail and text messaging, you're sending out to people that fall into a criteria to be distressed, but it's really a numbers game. You could send out 10,000 pieces of um, outgoing messages via phone call, text message and mail, it doesn't really matter. Only a hundred of them may say, yeah, hey, I may be interested. Right. And then, you know, how many of those can you convert to actual deal? So that's a real numbers game. Uh, so and then you have to nurture a lot of those for you know months to a year. So a lot of those go into our database and we have a very extensive follow up, uh, you know, um, procedures in place to handle all that stuff. And some of those deals could take one to two years to circle back around. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of people that call us from the you know, online stuff is usually like hey listen I, you know i'm moving I, I need to sell my house quick or i inherited this property or i got these tenants i can't deal with them anymore yeah. please just you know whatever the distress situation is so those tend to have a a, a quicker timeline and more right more because they're they're seeing the ad that's calling out to them you know we buy Correct. houses i buy houses whatever it is okay i need to sell this piece of crap click yeah <laughs> there you go yeah. they they, yeah. they select themselves as being motivated and, you know, with our exit strategies, too, some of the times they're just retail buyers that actually maybe not even distressed, but are willing to sell the house at enough of a discount for whatever their motivation is. Maybe it's just somebody who got a new job and has to sell quick and can't list it with a realtor and wait however long it's going to take. And squeezing every penny out of it is not their motivation. I just need ease and convenience. Get me out of here. We can buy that property, throw it on the MLS and still make a spread on it. Yeah. So, which is pretty cool. We, we do a lot of houses that way as well. So when it comes to those kind of deals, you have to come up with some capital to buy these properties. 
How are you doing that, Jeremy? What do you find works best for you guys? Private lending, private lending, private lending. You know, yeah. the first few years of our business, we didn't know much about it. We went and got educated on it and started to build those relationships. And, you know, and if you have the deal, the money will come. And now, you know, we have a handful of investors that have been with us a long time. We've done many, many transactions. You know, a couple of our private investors make well into the six figures every year on interest alone from us. So they're very happy. We're very happy. You know, allows us to at any given time have a few million dollars moving, whether it's burring properties, flipping properties, wholesaling properties, double closings. We're constantly using their money. Uh, it allows us to free up our money so we can feed the marketing machine, which we need to do to generate the leads and pay obviously pay our staff. So are you using private lenders or are you using hard money lenders? Uh, we use a little bit of hard money, but it's mostly true private lenders. You know, okay. they're friends um, and people that we and people that we've met along the way. Friends of friends. You know, we did a deal with somebody that says, "Hey, I know somebody else who's interested, in it and they have some money." So it's just really people who have, you know, HELOCs, four hundred one k, self directed IRAs, or you know, maybe they inherited some money and they, you know they're not making much money in the stock market or in a savings account, if any. You know, mm -hmm. so we show them ways to maximize those returns. And, you know, one of our private lenders, which was great, you know, uh, you know, she inherited money, unfortunately, because her family passed away. But, you know, she was able to invest her, that money with us and use it so much that her and her husband were able to quit their full time jobs and wow. actually be stay at home parents. He's pursuing, uh, you know, running and he's becoming this high elite runner in his thirties and he loves it. And, you know, she was able to spend a lot of time with the family and she's off to doing these other things like pickleball and all these other organizations. So they found their passion and became to create freedom in their lives, the real estate, but by lending their money to us, Smart. which is really cool. Yeah. It's just, so how do you, really how do you about. typically structure those kind of situations, Jeremy, if you don't mind me asking, are they, you know, I don't want to get too much into the details, no. but basically, you know, cause, um, you know, every situation is different. Double closes, we kind of do a fixed rate. Depends on how much we borrow. You know, we obviously do like an annualized percentage rate, and um, you know, they, we we do that rate pretty pretty common. I should say pretty standard for all of our lenders. We don't really have any that vary. It's all the same. And you know, if we borrow their money for ninety days, you know, we'll say, hey, we're going to guarantee you this amount. Let's say sixty days, uh, and after that, we'll prorate it for ninety days. But sometimes what we'll do is we close that day, that property in 45 days, they'll still get the 60 days. So they make a little bit more, but they fund 100% of everything we do, 100% of the acquisition, 100% of the closing costs, any rehab costs. So, you know, 99% of the time we have no money in these transactions at all. Very cool. So I like what you said early on that, you know, you started making these connections and now when you've got a deal, there's no problem finding the the, the money because you've got those investors kind of lined up, biting at the bit for you, probably chasing you down saying, Hey, when's, when I don't have when's... enough deals at times now. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, how did you've got a sales background, but how did you make those first connections and, and get those first investors engaged and on board with your deals? Yeah. You know, it was funny, you know, uh, I learned from somebody when we were new to just continue to market our success on uh, social media from one of my coaches early on. It wasn't really so much about private lending, but it was just about bringing attention. So it'd be like, we close another deal, close another deal. So people started to see that we were doing stuff, right? And it attracted a lot of attention. And then my first two deals were a couple of friends. 
I said, hey, we got this foot to go and you have interest. We brought them both in on promissory notes. They weren't even um, protected on the first you know, mortgages at that time because I didn't really know what I was doing. They were cool with it. Um, you know, and then we pulled that together, did our first flip. And then you know, we, we had another flip and somebody that we talked to said, hey, I'd be interested in lending. Um, they gave us a shot. It was really that friend that was talking about uh, with her and her husband left, um, which was a sister of my wife's best friend. Uh, so they weren't really close as far as the, the investor and my wife. I mean, they knew each other because they grew up, but it was really the, the other sisters that were really close. Um, but, you know, it just worked out. They gave us an opportunity to try us out. We, we performed. And we always, always perform. And that's really important. When you build these relationships, you got to take care of these lenders. You know, you may get into some tough situations, communicate with them. Um, all they really want to know is that you're doing your best to protect their money, as any of us would want with our own money. Um, and, you know, we, we've done, you know, hundreds of deals now with investors. We've never, ever uh, defaulted on anything. And that reputation builds and builds and builds. And people know they can trust you. And trust is huge. When it comes to this stuff, so oh, it's absolutely vital. You can't do anything without it. Very cool. Uh, that's awesome, Jeremy. Now it sounds like you're a marketing machine when it comes to finding deals and marketing your deals. Do you do you do anything, or do you need to do anything with your investor contacts to kind of keep them in the loop, or is it just kind of updating them on what's going on with their deals at any one time? Do you have marketing towards the investor side of things? That is something we haven't done yet. That actually is something that we are looking to Im implement this year. We've talked about it in previous times, but honestly, we were just such a mom and pop operation. And we were growing and expanding so fast. It's just one of those things we never really put into place. But, um, you know, we definitely communicate with them regularly, let them know about the deals, what's going on with those deals, future deals we have in the pipeline and keep those lines of communication going. Plus, you know, they see everything that we do. We still do a pretty good job marketing everything on social media so people can continue, continue to see our success so we can continue to bring in people that want to work with us. Because listen, you can do everything on your own, but you do so much more when you have a team that you can collaborate with. And our investors are as much a part of our team as our internal staff. So it sounds like you've built up quite a team over the years. What does your team look like these days? To start off with you and your wife? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Wearing so all my hats. Wife, what do you got now? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So I keep talking. I get excited about this stuff. Uh, so my wife and I really moved into the visionary roles at this point, which is great. Um, you know, and then we have we brought on a big time player last year that we're really, really excited with. His, uh, his name is Dan Toback, and he runs our director of sales uh, and acquisitions, a director of acquisitions and dispositions. He is a, a leader in that aspect. You know, we have, um, you know, Two guys, one senior and one new that run our acquisitions. And Dan runs our acquisitions in Florida. But our senior acquisition guy has been with us four years now. That guy alone has done over 150 acquisitions himself. I mean, talk about an experienced guy. This guy is awesome. And then we brought on a second one last year, and he's getting up and running. We have our disposition manager. Um, we have a business manager who kind of runs our day-to-day -day operations with admin and things like that, financial and uh, bookkeeping. And then we have a handful of Rockstar admins that support that team on sales or, you know, with our business manager in dispositions. And are, is your whole team, are they live and in person or do you have some virtual assistant type people on the team as well? So both. And what's really cool, we don't have an office. As you can see, I'm hit, sitting here at home. 
everybody's work from home in our company and we're really passionate about that you know we we really love you know what's been really great for my wife and i is just what the freedom that real estate has provided for us and we're really passionate not only teaching others to do that but also having our team do that so whether it's our business manager who's a you know stay-at-home mom who can do all the stuff with her kids or my senior acquisition guy who goes golfing and takes money from people on the golf course because he's so good at it, but can still walk up deals. Whatever that case is, everybody works from home. Um, so, yeah, we have, you know, handful of, half our team here is local, local, you know, uh, within a few towns. Um, Dan lives in Florida, uh, which is all the way down the East Coast from us. And then, you know, we have a, our, a lot of our admins are uh, overseas uh, in the Philippines. Very cool. Very cool. Jeremy, this has been a lot of fun. If people want to find out more and connect with you, what's the number one place they can do that? You know, just reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, Jeremy Beeland, Jeremy Buys Houses. I'm on LinkedIn as well. If anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to connect with them. Awesome, my friend. Well, congratulations. Keep up Thank the good you. work. Appreciate it very much. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.